You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, you're welcome again to our broadcast, Taking Territories. I'm bringing to you the Word of God. I'm so delighted to bring to you the Word of God. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the essential services of the church. In this season, um, with the coronavirus, there's so much that is going on. And um, what is the role of the church? There are different governments have uh, chosen different um, sets of services that are considered essential services. Now the question is this, how do we as a church remain relevant and become essential. Well, the question again is, is the church really essential in times like this? And that's what we uh, want to address. And I want you to know that um, in God's scheme of things, uh, the church is more essential than many people think. The church is really essential. And um, the services we're talking about that the church has uh, and the, the role that the church can play is both spiritual and natural. So because of the way the world is, the world obviously only recognizes natural services, natural things. But we as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, uh, the representatives of Christ, the called out ones are essential. And um, let's look at the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 6, Jesus made a statement that he says, uh, or rather the Bible says that he has made us kings and priests unto God. He has made us kings and priests. So as the body of Christ, we are kings and priests. As kings and priests, there are certain responsibilities, there are certain abilities, there are certain powers there are powers that goes with your kingship. There are also powers that go with your priesthood. And if we would uh, look at some of those powers and then break them down, you will now be able to see the essential role that the church can play in this time. Okay. So the number one thing is that it is, we have a spiritual role to play. And as we know, the realm of the spirit governs the natural. The realm of the spirit governs the natural. And because the realm of the spirit governs the natural, it means that um, the realm of the spirit can determine what happens in the natural. One of the benefits that the church has is the ability to operate both in the spiritual and in the natural. Some people think, oh, well, the church should only focus on spiritual things and ignore the natural. No, the church has the, um, has the ability to operate in both realms, in both the natural and the spiritual. This, the greatest power of the church is in the spiritual, but also the spiritual can rule the natural. And that's why when this thing started, when this pandemic started, one of the first things we did as a church was to confront the spirit of fear. Because 
fear is a spirit and fear was ruling the nations. And guess what? As we continue to speak and as we continue to counter that spirit, I noticed that there was a great decline. Why? Because we stepped up in the spirit. Our role is essential because if we don't exercise our spiritual powers, everything will be left at the mercy of the demonic powers. The demonic powers cannot be seen with the natural, but their effect can be seen in the natural. So we as the body of Christ have the authority, we have the power to, to, uh, to operate in the realm of the spirit. So what we did, uh, the essential thing we did was to take authority over the spirit of fear, to break its power over our community, to break its power over our homes, to break its power over, um, over the airwaves as well, even speaking into the air. These are things that don't make sense to the natural man. The Bible says that the natural man does, cannot receive the things of the spirit because they are foolishness to him. Why are they foolish to him? Because they are spiritually discerned. The things of God are spiritual. So there are things that the church has which don't make sense to the world. But the fact that they don't make sense to the world does not mean they don't make sense to the devil. It doesn't mean they don't make sense to the church. They make sense to us. Okay. So because of that, we have an essential role to play in what is going on as the church. Yeah. Now, another thing I want to bring to your attention is this. Um, in the spirit talking spiritually, the church has the power, has the spiritual authority to stand between the living and the dead. If you go read the book of Numbers chapter 16, um, there is an account there. In chapter 16 of Numbers, what happened is that there was a rebellion by the sons of Korah, and uh, these guys rebelled against Moses and against God. And Moses um, exercised some powers there, some spiritual powers. He called the people to come out and says, anyone who is on the Lord's side, come to this side. And uh, the rest of you, the Korah and his company remain on the other side. And Moses now exercising his spiritual power, he says, if God sends me, these people will not die a natural death. And the ground is going to open. If God sent me, the ground will open. And, they, and then instantly the ground opened. And 3,000 people were buried alive. And after that incident, the congregation were angry. They were upset. They said, Moses, you have killed the people of God and all of that. Now God decides to show up. God comes to the uh, con congregation, you know, to the, to the tent of meeting. And God says to Moses, allow me, I'm going to destroy all these people. And there was a plague that broke out. A plague broke out in the camp. And Moses told Aaron, quickly, go quickly. Go and take a censer. 
take incense and go and make atonement for the people. Make atonement for the people because the plague has gone out from the presence of the Lord. And Aaron goes out there, makes, makes um, atonement for the people. He goes there as a priest. I want to emphasize that he goes there as a priest and he makes atonement for the people. And the Bible says that the plague stopped. By the time it stopped, over 14,000 people had already been killed. Just, I don't know how many minutes, I don't know how long it took, but I'm telling you, in the same day, the plague had destroyed so many people. But the, the point I want to emphasize is that the Bible says in verse 48 of number 16 that Moses, uh, that Aaron stood between the living and the dead. Now, spiritually, the church has the capacity, has the power to stand between the living and the dead. So there are those that have been killed by this virus and the church can stand in between spiritually by virtue of the priestly powers that God has vested upon us according to Revelation 1.6. He has made us kings and priests unto God. As priests unto God, we can stand and put a stop by Pleading the blood of Jesus, bringing the blood that made, that brought, um, that took away our sins, the blood that washed away our sins and brought forgiveness. Yes. So we use the blood. And so that is an essential service. It might not make sense to the world, but the church needs to know. Don't listen to the world when they tell you your, 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 you are not essential to what is going on. You are very, very critical to what is going on and your role as the body of Christ is vital because you have the spiritual power to put a stop to this thing. And that is essential. That is an essential service. It's a spiritual service, but it is essential. And we are exercising that and speaking over the nations of the world. I'm speaking right now from my joint seating with Christ. Yes, yes, exalted position with Christ. And I decree that this thing is coming to an end. It's stopping in the name of Jesus. Yes, the power, the death people have predicted. People have been predicting all kinds of doom about Africa and you know and we put a stop to that we say in the name of Jesus it's not going to be you know we have a lot of doom prophets that are prophesying doom about what is going to happen as a result of this virus they don't have the final say and you and I as the body of Christ need to see how essential our, our role is in determining the cause of this, um, this pandemic. We can put an end to it. We can speak to it. Yes, we speak not just as religious people, 
we speak as kings and priests. As kings and priests before God. And we say in the name of Jesus. This thing is not going to proceed any further. Just like Aaron stood between the dead and the living. And the Bible says that the plague stopped. We are standing. And I want every single believer. Every child of God to stand and declare. I'm standing between the dead and the living. Yes, people have died on this side. There are people that are alive on this side. And this virus, I'm standing in between. I'm standing in the gap and I'm saying it is not going to cross over. Your role is essential. Your role is essential. And it's up to you to begin to see that that role is essential. If you don't see it as essential, nobody's going to see it for you. The world is not going to see it. The world is not going to define you. We get our definition from heaven. And heaven has declared that our role is essential. And as a priest before God, you are taking, you take incense like Aaron. Incense speaks of prayer. It speaks of intercession. Yes, he took incense and went and made atonement. He made atonement before God and instantly the plague stopped. So your role, is it essential? 100% essential. In fact, more essential than many other roles. Not to say that other roles are not essential. Other roles that have been defined as essential. It's not that they are not essential, but there is none, there is nothing that the government can do to address the spirit. All the government can do is to address the natural. We have what it takes to address the spirit behind the thing. So it is an essential service. And I'm calling on the body of Christ worldwide to wake up to this essential service to put a stop to this thing. Hallelujah. Yes. So we're standing. We are able to stand between the dead and the living. And we exercise our spiritual powers. We stopped the spirit of fear. And I noticed that. That, you know, that, that power of fear that was moving cro across the nations has lost its it's, it's, um, it's strength. Hallelujah. Yeah, because we spoke to it. We spoke to it and we will continue to speak to it. No more fear. Glory to God. Yes. Hallelujah. So you have the power to stand between the dead and the living. That is an essential service. It's an essential service. The spirit rules the natural. Your service essential as it is no matter what people think you don't listen to people listen to god is your role essential yes it is stand in your place begin to exercise your spiritual authority exercise your spiritual powers you have a joint seat with christ the bible says you are seated in the heavenly places with christ that position is not a position of weakness. That is a position of victory. That is a position of triumph. The reason why Jesus is seated right there is because he has conquered death. He has conquered the enemy. 
He has conquered Satan. He has conquered the God of this world. And now he has given you a position there. So from that position, you can exercise authority. It's essential. It is essential. Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory, praise, and honor. I declare victory right now in every house listening to me, every home in the name of Jesus. I command every fear, every, every operation of the enemy that is bringing death is broken over your life, over your family, I command the spirit of death to fall before you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So the church has, has a spiritual role to play, and uh, it's an essential service that we have to our generation. So we need to wake up to that and not expect the media to tell you about spiritual things. They can only report natural things. They cannot report spiritual things. But now you are hearing me. I want you to take that challenge and say yes. Begin to see yourself as an essential part of changing the whole narrative that this plague is going to stop. This pandemic is going to stop. We trust God. We believe God. We We've served a God of miracles. They have predicted that people are going to, they're going to pick corpses ac across the streets of Africa. We countered that. I countered that statement in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we decree that that word is going to fall to the ground right now. I speak, I speak by virtue of the authority vested upon me as a representative of Christ and as a king and as a priest in God's kingdom that those words are now ab aborted in the name of Jesus. I'm so glad that in South Africa right now we are told that the cases, the cases of, of the COVID-19 are mild. Ha. Amazing. Yes. And now we're saying it's, it's going to go from mild to nothing, to powerless. We decree that. We speak it over the airwaves across the nations. Let that be the new reality in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We give you glory, praise, and honor. Yes. Hallelujah. Okay, the next thing I want, you to, I want to emphasize is the fact that um, the essential service of the church, there are also some natural roles that the church is expected to play. And in that sense, it is an essential service. Okay, In that sense, it is an essential service. For example, um, the church... One of the things that I, I love about the church, especially when you study history, when you study history, you find that the church had a major, major role in shaping history, in shaping history. Did you know that, that did you know, I'm give, going to give you examples of how the church has, uh, has helped to shape history. Did you know that um, uh, without the church, hospitals as we know them today would not have existed. 
They would not have existed. Why? Because in those days, if you were sick and you were not able to contribute to society, you were banished and left to die because you could not contribute to society. I think it's even Aristotle that said that if you are not able to contribute to society, you should be, you, you are not fit to be part of society. So people, people, people that were sick in those days, if you were not rich, you could not hire a physician. So only the, the rich people had access to medical uh, uh, services. But guess what? The church changed the situation. The church is the one that began to gather those people, those people who were banished and taken out of the camp and left to die. The church would go there and gather them and then get a physician, the, the, the Christian physicians, based on the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus, Jesus said you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Based on those teachings, Christians were now influenced to now begin to do something about it, about the situation that was going on at that time. And so they would go get the sick and then get the Christian physicians to attend to them. And gradually that's how hospitals as we know today began. It was pioneered by followers of Christ. So don't tell me the church is not an essential service. The church is the pioneer of many of the essential services we know today in our society, in modern day society. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, people are enjoying those things, but they don't know how those things came about. So the church is essential, not only spiritually, even naturally, the church is essential. Remember the story of the um, the story of the good Samaritan. Jesus told this story, um, and Jesus used that story to challenge the religious the religious um, um, structure and the religious system of the day. Why? Because those guys. They felt so superior. Samaritans were considered um, like second-class citizens. They were, not, they were not good enough, you know. And, 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 and they would not invest in a Samaritan. They wouldn't even have a conversation with a Samaritan. And Jesus, Jesus was able to show that this man who was beaten by robbers was shown mercy, was helped by a Samaritan. Somebody who, if he were to follow, if he were to follow the tradition uh, and the practice, then he would not even have paid attention. But he paid attention to that man. Why? Because of the love of God in his heart. And Jesus was using that story to say, even your enemy can be your neighbor. All right? So be good to everybody. Essential services. Love is necessary. It's a necessary component to serving mankind. And the church has the love of God. We've been 
The Bible says he has shed his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you have the capacity to love like God, dear Father. We'll go on a short break. I'll be back. Don't go away. God bless you. You're welcome back. And uh, we're talking about the essential services of the church. Uh, especially in, uh, in view of what is going on globally right now with the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And um, in many nations, the church has not been categorized as an essential service. And I'm here to say to you and I that as the body of Christ, we must see ourselves as essential uh, we, we, we have been given certain powers. We've been given certain authority. We've been given abilities to, to, to change the narrative. I know the scientists are doing their part. You know, the doctors are doing the part. And, and, and other, there are other players in, in, the, in the whole um, uh, situation that are doing their part. But I want to emphasize the role of the church as an essential service provider. The church is a custodian of the powers of God, the power, the anointing of God to make a change. And not only does the church have the power to handle the things of the spirit, to operate from a spiritual standpoint, from a position of authority, from a position of victory, from a position of triumph to put a stop to the spiritual, um, the, the spirits behind this, this pandemic and the spirits that have been crippling people with fear. As a church, we have exercised authority and we've spoken the word of the Lord uh, and, and so on. That's, that's one essential role that the world might not appreciate, might not understand, but you and I, must not lose sight of that, okay? So, yes, we have um, a, a spiritual role and we have natural roles to play as well, essential roles. And we're talking about the love of God. For example, we have love. God has shed his love in our hearts. Christians are the only people that have the love of God, the agape love of God in their hearts. Other people have love but it's not at the same level okay they have this filial they're different greek words for love but agape the love the unconditional love of god is has been put in our hearts by the holy spirit that's what galatians tells us okay so we have the capacity to love people to love our neighbors to love our enemies just like jesus and that is an essential service. <laughs> it's essential. And the, the, the love of God should propel us to do things. It's interesting when you think about the love, the word love in ancient English, the word love is the same. That's the word for charity. Charity. Charity is love. That's what we call love. So even in ancient times, it was known that, you know, as, as Christians, we, we were full of charitable deeds. So that is essential. It's an essential service. 
that God has given to us as the body of Christ. We have that role. So we can, we can operate in love. We can operate as kings and priests and intercede and stop the spirit of fear, stop the spirit of death, stop plagues, stop pandemics, and so on in the spirit. We can do that. So I see the role of the church as very essential, irrespective of what the world thinks. And you and I must not, um, we must not, Think of ourselves less than God made us. Okay. So what else can we do? How, how do we, how can we change the narrative as a church? We have the life of God. Life. So not only love, but even life. Life, the Zoe kind of life. The God kind of life. We have that. Let me read a scripture from the book of um, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5. Now, in Acts chapter 5, this was when um, uh, the, the, the chief priests and the, and the Sadducees and the religious uh, uh, community arrested the apostles and they stopped them, locked them up, and forbade them from preaching in the name of Jesus. And you know what happened? <laughs> because of that, you know, the Bible says um, in Acts chapter 5, and I will read, uh, I will read, okay, let's read from verse 17. It says, then the high priest rose up and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in prison. They're locked up in prison. But now, the, 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 the turning point was in verse 19. He says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, verse 20, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Go and stand in the temple. Can you imagine that? The religious system had locked them up. The angel of the Lord goes and opens the prison door and says, go back to the church. Go back to the temple and speak the words of this life. What is that? It's the word of God. The word of God. We have the words of life. While people are prophesying death and doom, as a church, we have the words of life and we ought to speak life. Speak life. If you know anybody who has got the virus, speak life over the person. Don't just say, oh my God, no, this person has caught it. Oh my, I hope they don't die. No, no, no. That's, as a church, as a body of Christ, we shouldn't talk like that. As a body of Christ, you should stand and say, I speak life. Speak words of life. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yes. But again, the gospel brings life. There's life in the word of God. And so it is essential. Life is essential. What is more essential than life? If we have been given the words of life and we have been told, go and speak it, what is more essential than life? 
There is nothing more essential than the words of life. So keep speaking life. Keep speaking life. Hallelujah. Speak life. Speak life to your family. Speak life to your community. Speak life to your colleagues. Speak life. Speak life. We have got the words of this life. God has given us that word. It's an essential service. The speakings of life is essential. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Let me read another scripture to you in the, the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Okay, chapter 2. Let me read from, um, from verse 14. It says, Do all things without grumbling and disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Can you see that? Holding fast to the word of life. We have the word of life. We have the word of life. Hold fast to it. Don't go and take the word from the media and drop the word of life. <laughs> Don't take the word of, of the situation and then drop the word of life. No. The word of life is an essential component. You need to put that on your lips. Take the word of God. Put it on your lips and begin to speak that. Begin to speak that. We speak and we decree that our case is different in the name of Jesus. I don't care how many thousand people have died. From now on, we say no more. Hallelujah. Because death and life, the power of life and death is in the tongue. They that use it shall eat the fruit thereof. God has given us that kind of power. He's given us that kind of power. Oh, man of God, pastor, I know some pastors who have died. How does that concern you? How does that concern you? How does that affect the word of God that we're talking about? I know some Christians who have died. Okay, so what? So does that mean we discard the word of life and start speaking the word of death? No. Let's not, let's not, let's not fall into that trap. The enemy will try to use, the enemy has his own testimony that he would want to use to weaken your faith. And you need to make up your mind, you need to decide as a king and as a priest, as an intercessor, as a prayer warrior, as a Christian, as a spiritual man. You need to take a stand and begin to declare life, the word of life. Glory to God. Yes. So it is essential. It's part of our essential services. The body of Christ has so much power. I don't know any other institution that has the capacity to operate in the realm of the spirit with so much power and to also operate in the natural. And you know what? The body of Christ cannot be ignored. Why? Because even we have Christians who are doctors, who are, we have Christians who are scientists, we have Christians who are, who are involved in the paramedics, in the medical, in, in every sphere that God has got representatives 
So if you are part of, if you are the uh, part of the scientists, if you are part of uh, the medical um, um, uh, crew that is serving humanity, don't only look at it that you are a doctor, but you are a Christian and a doctor. You are a king and a priest and a doctor. So you need to now bring the power, the spiritual power, and combine it with your natural ability, natural skills, and bring them together and make a change. So as a Christian, as a Christian doctor who has got the words of life, you should be able to raise some of those dead people back to life. You should be able to stop death, stop this plague from taking some people's lives and say, no, this one is not going because I'm here in the name of Jesus. Put a stop to that. Hallelujah. We have, it is an essential service, I'm telling you. Essential service to speak life, to bring life in the place of death. You go there among the, the, the dead and then speak life and bring life. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he expects you and I to do. Essential services. What your role is more essential than you have even imagined. And that's why I'm bringing this word to you. You have an essential service. Speak life. Bring healing. Healing power. Yes. Speak to those lungs. This virus is attacking. It attacks the respiratory system. You can speak to the respiratory system and, and push and shield it from the effect of this virus. We can, we can speak and begin to, we, we begin to reconfigure this virus. Speak to it. In the name of Jesus. That it will just begin to get weaker and weaker and weaker. Speak that in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of power we got. So don't tell me that our role is not essential. It is essential. Yes, there are. Yeah, we are there for, for funerals. <laughs> when, after people have died, you know, they want us to come bury them. But let me tell you, we can stop them from dying. And even the dead can be raised. We have that power. Jesus gave it to us. So when are we going to start using it? When are we going to start walking in these things? Now is the opportune time. Begin to see your role as essential. And begin. And I'm not saying you, should, you, should, you shouldn't listen to the, to the authorities. You should just flaunt all the rules and all of that. That's, if, you, if, if you listen to me and you end up with that kind of mindset, you didn't really hear me well. I am emphasizing your spiritual role. And in the spirit, there's no distance. We have prayed for people and we have seen them recover from this virus after speaking life to them and after speaking to their, to their lungs, after speaking and commanding them to recover. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, you got the power and you need to use it. Glory to God. It's essential. Let it continue to sink deep down in you. Our role is essential as the body of Christ. I remember years ago in history, even in this nation, in South Africa, 
John Gillick, there was a plague that was sweeping across and killing people. So many people were dying. And John Gillick was there operating in the supernatural, offering essential services, <laughs> helping people. And they noticed something that this guy was doing all of this and he didn't have the protection that others had. And yet he was not catching this, this uh, flu or what or this virus, whatever it was. He wasn't catching it. This plague was not catching him. And they said, how, how are you able to do all of this? And this thing is not catching you. You know what he said to them? He quoted from Romans uh, Romans chapter 8, I think is verse, verse, verse 3, where he says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And what did he say? He was saying, look, what is working in this, in this gem and this virus, whatever it was that was killing people, is the law of sin and death. But he says, there is another law working in my body, which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Yes. So that's, that is powerful. That is powerful. Now, I'm not saying you should go start praying for people without protection. You, you, if, if you do that, you are being presumptuous. But I am telling you that historically, the church has played major roles in pandemics like this. Hmm? There was a time in history, in the second century, there was the uh, Antonin Plague that took out a quarter of the Roman Empire. The church was there serving and helping to, you know, to, as an essential service. As an essential service. And because of the role of the church uh, uh, in, this, in that pandemic, guess what? The Ro Roman government, the Roman Empire that was anti-Christian, began to have a change of heart towards Christians. Yes. So, and there are several plagues, you see. If you go study history, there are several of them like that. Christians played a major role, essential role. I remember a sociologist, um, Rodney, Rodney Stack, you know, when he was talking about a plague at that time, they, he noticed that where there was a concentration of Christians, you know what? The deaths of the people in that place was halved by the presence of Christians. So don't tell me our role is not essential. It's really, it is essential. We can put a stop to this thing. We can limit the spread of this thing. We can arrest it spiritually by the powers that we have. Hallelujah. He says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be lose in heaven. We have the authority to permit certain things. And heaven will agree with that. We have the authority to disallow certain things. We render them, we declare them illegal. And we forbid them. And it will happen. That is an essential service. Anybody that can stand and then stop a plague. Just with a word. My goodness. That's incredible. And that's what you've got as the church of Jesus Christ. That's what you've got as the body of Christ. You're carrying powers that you don't even realize. 
And the enemy is there wishing that you don't wake up to what I'm sharing with you. He's there wishing, oh no, no, please don't do it, don't do it. Just be religious, but don't exercise authority. But I'm saying that God is staring, causing a staring in the body of Christ. Christians are praying all over the world. There is a place for prayer, but there is a place to now begin to speak. There's a place to begin to act. All right? Yes. So I just want to say, leave you with these words, that as the body of Christ, we have an essential role. Okay? There's a spiritual role. There are services we have to render to humanity. There are services we have to render to our generation. There are spiritual services. There are natural services. The church also is able to help you know, with relief materials. It's able to help with food supplies you know, and natural things with shelter and all of that. Many churches are doing that all over, all over the nations of the world. Providing shelter. Many churches are, 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 many churches are providing their, their facilities for health workers because the hospitals are congested everywhere. Places are congested. The church is an essential service. There is a lot happening. All right. So God bless you. Thank you so much for watching this broadcast. We're going to be back again next week. Tell somebody about this broadcast and share this, share this with people. I want everyone that is watching me to share, share, and share with your friends. Many people need to hear this word. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Taking Territories with Eric Papatow. If you are in the Johannesburg area, join us for worship at Every Nation Church Midrand. For more information on our ministry, please visit everynationmidrand.org. SOTV, global streamcasting for kingdom advancement. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.